return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Amen. Praise the Lord. Nice to see all of you here. It's going to be a good day celebrating Memorial Day weekend and uh, remembering those who, um, you know, for the United States went and didn't come back to the United States Memorial Day. Um, you know, and it's very humbling for me uh, to celebrate this weekend um, just because, you know, the sacrifices that people made uh, for this country and um, their families made for this country. Amen. And I always think of it as, you know, we, we really have an obligation as Christians, you know, to preach the gospel um, because we have so much freedom in this country. Uh, we don't have to deal with a lot of the persecutions. We don't have to deal with our church being closed um, because they don't like what we're preaching, um, the good news, the gospel. And, and so it's very humbling just to know that, that we have people out there that are fighting for that freedom in the United States. And, uh, and so I know Pastor Dave will... Uh, you know, have a message this morning about that, I'm sure. But today I want to talk about um, just how we work together in ministry. So I've been, I've been talking a lot about our ministry and how we've been anointed to do ministry. I've talked about our, the gifts that we have to do ministry that God's given us. And uh, I'm kind of, this is kind of a, a side note to, to the series I'm trying to do on, on our own ministry, but just how we want to work together with others in ministry. And so before we start, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that um, you are on the throne or in our lives, that we can worship you, that we can meet freely, that we can proclaim your word, that we can um, preach the gospel to everybody that we come in contact with. Lord, I just pray that this morning that you speak through me, Lord, that your Holy Spirit just touches us and comes down here, Lord, and, uh, and just engulfs us, Lord. That your presence is here this morning. We thank you for all that you do, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to start out with Romans 12.3. And it says, For I say through, uh, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so again, we all have different talents and we have different roles in ministry, 
and in the ministry of the church, capital C. And we all have, you know, faith in the areas that we're called to minister in. Amen. So he's dealt each one to us a measure of faith. And whatever he's called you to do, he'll give you the faith and the grace to complete that calling. Amen. And so here it says that he's dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. Now, there might be an area that you have more faith in than I do. There might be an area that I have more faith in than you do. You know, I think for me, one of the, one of the things that the Lord's really helped me with over the years is being patient and, and trusting in Him, especially, specifically for, for like a house, but trusting in Him that there's going to be the, the house that, that we want, um, is going to be provided and that we'll be able to get in. And I've seen that multiple times, you know, in my life, just the last couple times that we've got a place, is, is like the Lord just telling me, don't worry, be patient. You're going to get what you want. And, um, and that's, that's been an area, at least right now, that I feel like the Lord's really given me a lot of grace to have a lot of faith in. Amen. And for you, it might be something different. Maybe that, maybe, um, you have a lot of faith for your healing. Maybe you just, you never get sick because you, you, um, you're able to just stand on the word and with no doubt in your heart and, you know, and, and I know people like this that just, don't, they're never sick because they, you know, they, they continually exercise their faith. Maybe they've looked at scriptures of faith and different things and that doesn't mean that if we get sick that we don't have faith, amen, but there's a, sometimes a special kind of faith that is enacted, amen, when we go through different things. And so that's the same way with our ministry. You know, you, for your ministry, you might have a certain amount of faith for your ministry. Amen. Um, for me, you know, just to get up here, I have to have faith that, that the Lord's going to speak through me because I don't want to speak on my own accord. I don't want to speak my own words, but I want to speak His word. Amen. So I have to trust in Him that, all right, Lord, you know, I, don't, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And I have to allow Him to speak through me. And anything, in any job that we have, in any type of ministry that we have, you know, we have, we have to have a certain amount of faith that, all right, Lord, you're going to empower me to do this thing. You're going to empower me to work at this job. You're going to empower me to talk to this person. And so, you know, the way it works is we stand together, you know, so we're going to look at some scriptures, but how we are one body of Christ, but we're all members and we work together. And so we stand together when Satan wants to keep us apart. And that was something about, you know, just this last year of the pandemic. And you could see, you know, just how people weren't interacting, weren't socializing, and everybody was staying at a distance. And that's exactly what Satan wanted. He doesn't want the church to come together. He doesn't want us to be together as part of one one body. And you can see what happens when the whole church is in one accord. In the upper room, um, it says that they're all there in one accord. And they're, they were waiting on the Lord and the Holy Spirit fell when they were, what, of one mindset, of one accord. And as a church, as a body of Christ, we want to be in one mindset. And to do that, we need to all recognize that we have roles in the church. But, the, but Satan doesn't want us unified. He wants us to be, you know, and this is kind of part of my, a big part of my message, but he wants us to try to compare ourselves with other ministries as a, as a standard for how we're doing in our own. 
Amen. And that's not right because God's again, He's given to each one of us a ministry. He's given to each one one of us a measure of faith to do that ministry. Amen. And we can't compare ourselves to another ministry to say, well, this is the litmus test of how I'm doing in my own. No, we compare ourselves to the Word of God. And are we following what, what Jesus would do if he was here on this earth? Amen. We, we, we compare ourselves to, um, we, we go by the obedience that we put forth to what God has told us to do. Amen. And, uh, you know, one thing about knowing who our, what our ministry is and, you know, staying in our lane of ministry is being humble. We don't try to measure ourselves against somebody else. I don't want to say, well, I'm better than so-and-so because, you know, I've reached this many people. No, we all have a certain part in the ministry and we're all, we're all crucially important to the ministry of the church, the body of Christ. And so we want to do what the Lord's called us to do. I've talked about this scripture before, but if we continue to go in Romans 12, 4, um, it says that we are, for we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And I like, I like how that, that's said, that we're members of one another. That we're not just separate members working together, but we're also, you know how Jesus said in, in, in uh, I think it was in John, that, that I am of the Father and He is of me and you are, and I am of you and you are of Him. And, you know, in just this inner, interconnection of God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit and us just being all one. And, and this is really good here in, in verse five. It says that in individually members of one another, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And so again, I've talked a lot about gifts on our own ministry, that we have gifts different according to the grace that has given us. So I talked about having a measure of faith, but it's all put together with grace. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Amen. So grace and faith mixed together here. And it says that we have different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. And it says, let us use them. Use the gifts that you have. Amen. Now, one thing that, that um, you know, we can do is if we, if we really have a, feel like we have a calling towards an area, we can, whatever that gift is, whatever, whether it's music or speaking or teaching or whatever it is, we can hone that part of ministry. You know, so we can take lessons if we wanted to be a piano player or a flute player or whatever it is, and we feel like that's, that's what God's calling us to do. You know, we can take lessons to perfect and to do really, be really good at that. But he's given us gifts that he wants us to use. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If we go to verse 7, it says, Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So we all have these different things, that these callings and these giftings that we've had. But it says that not only do we do, the, you do what God wants us to do, but we do it what? We do it willingly. We do it cheerfully. We do it with diligence. Amen. We do it, um, you know, freely. So we do these things, but we do them according to what God wants us to do. I can't remember the verse. 
right now, but Paul talks about how how the gospel is is for some preached in truth, and the gospel for others is preached out of self-seeking and 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 out of um, basically he says pretense. And so, but he, what does he say after that? He says, "But I thank the Lord that either way, even though we want to, we prefer we preach it. In, it's preached in truth. Either way, the gospel is being preached, and I will, um, I will rejoice." And so that tells me that we can do a ministry without loving people, without doing all the things that God wants us to do. But we want to prefer that we do it and that others do it around us. Amen. And, and again, we're going to talk about where we help each other out, but we do it in love. We do it in faith. We do it by giving grace to others. So we each have a part to play. Amen. And none is more important than the other. You know, you might, in a basketball game, you might hear the announcer say, you know, if a guy doesn't have a bunch of stats in basketball, the announcer might say, oh, he does a lot of things that don't, st- that don't show up on the, sh- on the stat sheet. And that just means that a lot of behind the, you know, getting um, hustle plays and, and, you know, knocking the ball off somebody out of bounds to, for them to be the ball, you know, those are, those are plays that don't show up on, on a stat sheet. You couldn't look at the guy's stats and say, wow, look how many deflections he had. In the body of Christ, you know, all of us do things that don't necessarily, quote unquote, show up on the stat sheet. Amen. You know, you might see, you know, a TV evangelist you know, and, and they have this huge ministry and they do these, do these things. But there's so much behind the scene um, uh, work that's done to get somebody like Joel Steen or Joseph Prince or Kenneth Copeland, you know, to preach the gospel to millions of people. You know, Joel Steen, he can't run the camera. He doesn't run the camera. Amen. He doesn't usher. He doesn't get people into the building. Right? He has a job to play. The ushers, they have a job to play. The, the, the light crew, they have a job to play. They have a role to play. And each one of those is just as important as the rest. Because if you, if you lack one of those things, well, then this isn't broadcast to millions of people hearing the gospel. Amen. So it takes people. It takes people all working together, again, being an intricate part of one another to do the work of the ministry. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need, need of you. Or again, to the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather that those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts have great modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given great honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And so in verse 25 it says that there should be no schism. How many times, you know, I really believe that, that within a church body, like a local church, the devil would like nothing more than there, to, than there to be offenses come. He'd like nothing more for there to be a schism in that body of Christ. Because if he can separate, you know, it says that we're joined together, that we're, you know, that, that we're members of individually, but of each other, 
But if he can separate the body so that one, one part thinks that it's better than another, or one part thinks that it's not as good as another, then we can't run as efficiently as we would if we were all together in one accord. Again, I, like I said, in the upper room, they're all in one accord. They all had the same mind. They all had the same goal. Amen. And we saw how many great things happened at the beginning of the Christian church. They had Pentecost, you know, and thousands of people just right away saved, believed. Amen. And what was it? It was because the Holy Spirit brought them together all in one accord. Hallelujah. So just as we shouldn't be jealous of one another and members of the body of Christ, we also don't want to exalt ourselves above others. And I touched on this briefly on a couple messages ago, um, just about, again, how we're all important to the body. Um, but I think it's, it is important that we realize that we do work together and that we are one body. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to think, well, just like Elijah did, well, I'm all out here by myself. Um, you know, I have no support. I have nobody that is even serving the Lord except for me. And what did the Lord say? No, I have reserves. <laughs> I have people that I, that I have placed where I want them placed to preach the gospel that haven't, that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Amen. And so in ministry, you know, one thing that I found out just through my dad when he was pastoring is sometimes ministry can be a little lonely, right? No matter what we're doing, no matter if it's a pulpit ministry or a street ministry or ministry at your job, you know, the world is getting darker and darker. And so when that happens, Christians become brighter and brighter. When anything gets darker, the light becomes, it shows, it shines brighter. And so the darker the world gets, the more... Christians that we're going to feel as Christians isolated from others. Amen. And so it's important to bind together, to know, to encourage each other in the faith. Amen. Because it's, it's not fun to feel isolated. Like Elijah, he wanted to die. He felt isolated. He felt alone. But as we can, if we can stay together as a body of Christ, not just at a local church, but as a body, as a Christian body here in you know, specifically right now in Brookings, because this is where we, this is where we live, um, then that's going to make it that much easier and better to stand out for Jesus. Just think of how our body works together. Very little of our body is external. How much? How many parts of the body do we actually see? You know, not very, not very much. And right now, you see my hands and you see my face. And that's basically it, right? But there's everything under the surface, you know, internal, under the skin that is working together, that is producing things that um, is allowing me to speak, allowing me to move, allowing me to reason, amen, allowing me to, to create thought. And all of those are, you know, you think of the, he said that we, we bestow the greatest honor on the ones that aren't as presentable, the ones that we don't think about as much. But we think of, wow, if I, if I didn't have you know, if I, if, you know, my heart, you can't see my heart, but it's there. Well, if I didn't have that, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Right? So we all have an important part. Just as, just as every part of our body is important, we all have an important part to play. <clears throat> Amen. So we're all a part of the body of Christ. We all work together to honor the Lord. 
Go to 1 Corinthians 3.6. Paul says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Again, whoever plants and waters is one. In, in, in the body of Christ, we have the head of the body, who is Jesus. Amen. And then, really, the rest of the body, in the body of Christ, should be unidentifiable from each other. It's like we work together, again, we work together um, as one body, because he says that who plants who are waters are one. You know, um, another verse we just read is, we, we rejoice with those who rejoice, we mourn with those who mourn. I don't know if you actually just read it. But we rejoice with those who rejoice. We mourn with those who mourn. If one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If one of the body, parts of the body triumphs, we all triumph. Amen. There's no patent on the Word of God. There's no patent on um, miracles and signs and wonders and things that are done in the body of Christ. So we can't take... So I can't take credit for, wow, you know, I healed this person. Or I... Or somebody was um, set free because I prayed for them. Well, no, it was, the Lord gets the increase. The Lord is the one who brings the power to us that we can send it out, right? Amen. So, yeah, we, we have victory, but the battle is the Lord's. <laughs> Amen. The ministry is the Lord's. We are obedient to Him to do what He wants us to do. So speaking relative to our you know, greatness as Christians. You know, it really, yeah, I want a lot of people to be saved through my ministry, but in the whole scheme of the body of Christ, it doesn't matter how many people are saved through my ministry or your ministry. All that matters is we tell the truth of the gospel. Amen. Because there might, you might be, you know, Paul says that he planted, Apollos watered. Okay. So, you know, maybe Paul... You know, a lot of people came to Jesus through his ministry, but maybe that was Paul's ministry. He would go to a place, he'd go to a church, and he would encourage them. And what it looks like, Apollos watered. Apollos really helped them grow in the faith, really helped them become disciples of Jesus. Amen. But again, it doesn't matter because it says God gave the increase. It says, He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Amen. And so it's important, again, to note that we all work together for one purpose, for one cause. It's not, it's not I'm going to do this and you do this and, you know, we're all separate, but we're all together. Amen? Real quick, I've, I've talked about this before, but, you know, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter how many people get saved through our ministry, but that people get saved. It doesn't matter how many people get healed through our ministry, through my ministry, but I just want people to be healed. Amen. Um, what I'm saying is it's great to have these things happen, but if we're keeping score, if I'm saying, well, if I give myself a check mark for every time that you know the Lord does something through me, that's not my heart's I don't feel like it's in the right place. No, but if I give give you know give glory to God every time I happen and say, you know, Lord, I'm just want to be a vessel for you. Amen. Then I feel like my heart's the right place, and I'm giving glory to God. I'm giving increase to God. Amen. 
And I really think that humility is a big part of this. And you look at Paul through his ministry, and I, this is what I've said before, but there's three times he describes himself, and you see in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, um, first he calls himself the least of the apostles. And then in Ephesians 3, 8, he says that I am the least of all the saints. And then in 1 Timothy 1, 15, it says that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, whom I am, whom I am chief. And I really believe that Paul, every time, you know, each letter that he wrote, because he wrote it to the Corinthians, and then he wrote to the Ephesians, and then he wrote to Timothy. And each time, I really believe that he got this revelation of, wow, Lord, I need to decrease so you can increase. John said that. John the Baptist said, I need to decrease so that he can increase. Amen. And in that verse previous that we talked about, um, where he says, Just that now he who plants and he who waters are one, you know, so kind of the ministries come together. You know, it says the same thing here, you know, that that um, when we kind of put ourselves in the background a little bit and we let Jesus be the forefront of our ministry and we let Jesus, his name be recognized, amen, then we're doing a great service to the body of Christ. Then we're, we're presenting the truth and we're saying that, okay, yeah, I'm the vessel, but he's the head. He's the one that's doing these things. And we look at, even when, when Peter and John, remember when they went and they healed the man at the gate called Beautiful, and he said, why, why do you marvel at us? We didn't do anything. We're just men just like you. It was really Jesus Christ. And then we put, they put him at the forefront of their ministry. And that's what we want to do when we're ministering, when we have our own ministries um, here on earth, is we put Jesus at the front. But as Paul grew in the Lord, he realized who he was without Jesus. He realized that he needed to decrease for Jesus to increase, for his name to increase. Amen. And as we know more about who we are in Jesus, it's important that we grow in humility. The more revelation we get, the more that we know that we don't know. Amen. I mean, when I've, I've said this before, but when I was in, in college, you know, coming out of high school, my dad was a pastor. His dad was a pastor. I thought I knew everything about the gospel and uh, everything about ministry and all that and uh, found out how wrong I was. And, and now that I've grown in the Lord, I realize now more than ever that, wow, there's so much I don't know. Amen. And you've heard Pastor Dave talk about it before. It's every time, you know, as, as he's gotten older too, it's just like every time it's like, wow, there's so much more for me to learn. Amen. That's how it's going to be. We're never going to reach the top, but we always want to strive to reach the top. Amen. We want to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. I think that's, that statement always blows my mind that he wants us to know the love of Christ. But it passes knowledge, so we can't possibly know everything. But he wants us what? He wants us to strive. He wants, to, wants us to um, continue to look towards him for revelation. Take a look at... Almost done here. Um, but Moses, for example, think of all the wonderful things he did for the Lord and how much fellowship he had with God. And you think you know, he would have had the right to consider himself better than everybody else. You know, that, that Moses, this, this man of faith. You know, but Numbers 12.3 tells us that Moses was the humblest person on the face of the earth. That he was, he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He probably didn't try to talk himself up. You know. 
Aaron, my ministry is bigger than you. I know you helped me out at the beginning, but now God's really relied on me, so you need to... No, what do you do? He continued to stay humble. And as, as in our ministries, we continue, continue to stay humble. Proverbs 27.2 says, Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Matthew 6.1-4 Take heed that you do not, do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites. Do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. When you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you uh, openly. So as we stay humble and not prideful, the Lord rewards us, amen, for doing the work in secret. And it says that he rewards us openly, amen. I don't know, the rewards differ, right, what he rewards us with, but the Bible says that he rewards us openly. One of my favorite stories of Jesus comes in John 13, and I'll close with this. Um, John 13:3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and was going to God, rose from supper, and laid aside his garment, took a towel, and girded himself. And that, after that, he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wash them with the towel which was, with which he was girded. And we go down to John 13:12. It says, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. We don't need to have a special gift to serve somebody else. That's the great thing about the body of Christ. We're all, you know, all for one and one for all. (laughs) Amen? We're for each other. We're not against each other. I even think of, you know, different churches and, you know, here in, in Brookings or um, across the United States or other countries, you know, different denominations, different people, but, but have one goal of winning people towards Jesus. Amen. I don't want to be against another denomination. In fact, this week I called a lot of the faith denominations or, or Bible-believing denominations to see if they could be a part of the jail ministry that we have here. Um, because right now a lot of, you know, Michael and Natty, Natalie, um, before everything happened with COVID, they did a lot of jail ministry. Um, you know, myself, we had a lot of people from the church, mostly from the church, and then the Gideons um, would would be the ones doing the jail ministry. Well, I tried to reach out to some different churches again just to see, hey, be a part of this with us. We want we want to partner together so that we can have one goal and one aim for this for this ministry for this jail ministry. I uh, got a call that they're opening nursing home ministry again. So I'm going to be doing that next week. Uh, nursing home ministry uh, next week. You know, But again, wanting to be a part of that with other churches around Brookings. Because we're all for one and one for all. And he says, for I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. So we don't need a lot of faith to serve somebody else or to work with somebody else. Sometimes. Sometimes we need a lot of, I feel like we need a lot of grace and faith to do it. <laughs> We just need to ask ourselves, how can we be a blessing to somebody today? It doesn't mean, need to be this grand gesture. It doesn't need to be just throwing money at people or anything like that. That's not being a blessing. Just being a blessing is maybe being there to talk. Listen, what, what's going on in your life? What's the Lord doing in your life? How 
is your ministry going? How is your family doing? That's all a blessing to somebody. Amen? And when we're one part of the same body and we're, we're Christians, amen, and, and we're supposed to work together, then there's nothing better than being able to encourage a fellow worker in the ministry. Amen? And there's nothing we should want to do more um, when it comes to working with people than encouraging somebody else in the ministry. Amen? I'm out of time. Uh, I got a little bit more, but I will wait on that. So, Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you that we can be here together. Hallelujah. That we can water, that we can plant. Lord, but you get the increase. We thank you for giving us the words to speak. Even this week, as we have opportunities to, to witness, as we have opportunities to pray for others, Lord, we thank you for just giving us boldness and giving us the words to speak, the words to pray, Lord to say exactly what they need at the exact moment. Father, so we can win people for you. We thank you for anointing us, that, you've had, that you have anointed us to preach the gospel. We thank you that you've empowered us with your power and do us with your power to go out and preach with authority and to, and to minister and to witness with authority, Lord. We thank you for a great morning and everything that you do for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.